Father, I want to pray that you will be with us this morning as we look at your word. May your Holy Spirit speak and lead our hearts and give us understanding. May man, O oh God, myself, be in the shadows as Christ is exalted, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dealing with life. Some of you may not know, but our musician James O'Leary was involved in a very serious car accident, um, I think on Wednesday or Thursday, and had a head-on collision with another car. Both cars completely and totally wrecked. And fortunately, um, Roxanne and Noah was not in the car at the time, and and James walked away um, with only a leg injury. But it could have been a lot worse. And we don't know what may befall us us, um, throughout our lives. And and life can throw up things that can be very, very difficult at times. And um, so I've entitled this next few messages, Dealing with Life, because our subject... This young man called Joseph had to deal with some situations. And so there's four things that I want to um, bring to you um, from our Bible reading. And the first thing is this, um, a father's concern. A father's concern. So Hannah read these words to us. I'm going to remind you of them again. Now, his brothers had gone to graze their father's flock near Shechem, and Israel, another name for Jacob, Israel said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing their flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring back word to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. We read that Jacob was concerned about his sons. Now, if you were here last week, I've just gave a brief description of these boys, these sons of his. These men were filled with deceit and lies. These men were filled with envy and jealousy. These men, they were men who covered up their wicked actions and behavior. In fact, these men hated Joseph. And yet the Bible says that Jacob was still concerned about them. Jacob was still worried about them. The father was still concerned that he hadn't heard. There was no text messages, no trying to find a signal down at the valley of Hebron so he can text his sons. There was no way of finding out how those boys were doing. And the Bible said that Jacob wanted to know that all was well with these men. And these men were not pretty men. They were ugly. I'm not talking about their looks. And the inside these men were ugly. And yet Jacob was concerned about them. And so he sends off Joseph. Now as I was preparing, I had to stop right there. Because I just realized that that is the gospel in a nutshell, right there. If you don't know what the good news is, this is the good news. The good news is this, that God was concerned about men and women like 
our day. Men and women who are ugly on the inside. Men and women who are full of deceit and bitterness and envy and jealousy and hatred. The Bible says that God is concerned. And um, one of the verses in Titus says this. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passion and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. That is the description that God gives of you and I. But even though that is true, the Bible tells me that God was concerned and is concerned about you. So concerned. They doesn't send an angel to look over things. So concerned God was for you. They doesn't send any one of the heavenly hosts to make sure you're okay. God is so concerned about you that the Bible says he sent his own son. Do you remember when Jesus got baptized? A voice in heaven like thunder roared. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and they saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I'm sending somebody that I love. I'm sending someone that I'm well pleased. I'm sending my heart, as it were, into the world. Why? Because I'm concerned about you. I can hear some of you say, why me? Look at the mess in my life. Look at the sins. I've got a mountain of sin in my life. Why me? But God said, listen, I'm concerned about you. So much so that I'm going to send my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. My heart. You know, I was, um, the other week, I was down um, picking up some second-hand furniture from um, Team Challenge over in Ilford. Some really good stuff down there. I can advise it if you don't mind second-hand furniture. You should take a trip down there. And I was down there picking up some second-hand furniture. And as I went in there, um, I met this guy who worked there who was helping me carry some shelving out into the car. And I asked him, and I said to him, um, what's your story? And he said to me, um, I'm from Liverpool. And I was so sick of my life, he said. I was on drugs, I was on alcohol. No one around me really liked me. No one around me really loved me. I was so sick of my life that I decided to go into the the river Tyne. And there I was going to end it all. I'm going to drown myself, he said. And as I went out into the river, he said I was going deeper and deeper, walking further and further, so I can get to a point where I can go deep into the water and it all will be over. And after getting to that point, suddenly a man grabbed me by the shoulders and pulled me out of the water, he said. It turned out that that man was a pastor from the local church that saved me. And he told me about Jesus Christ. And I went on to the program. And I've been now there for five years. I'm clean, I'm free, I'm, I'm now working, he says. But I thought to myself, when I was preparing this, I said, anyone, anyone, if you see anyone going into the water to drown themselves, anyone can pull you out from that place. 
Anyone can stop you from throwing yourself off of a cliff or a building. Anyone who got a kindness in their heart will pull somebody to safety. But not anyone can tell somebody that Jesus Christ loved them. Because it's not just saving the life. This man was saved for all eternity. Because God is concerned, not just about here and now. God is not just concerned about your life today. God is concerned about where you will spend eternity. And so that man was pulled out of the river Tyne by a pastor who told him about Jesus Christ. And now that man is set free from drugs and alcohol. The reason why you're here this morning, my dear friends, that God is concerned about you. He's not just concerned that you have a nice life. You know, being a Christian, you know, can be a nice life. You know, you don't get in trouble with the law anymore because you're trying to live your life according to the Bible. You're hard working now because the Bible tells you that a man should work with their hands. So you're earning a little bit more money. You know, you're more of a faithful, more kinder person because the Bible indicates that's the way you should live. Being a Christian is a nice life. You can have a nice life down here, but the Bible is not just interested in making your life better here. God is far more interested in that your sins are forgiven and that you have a home in glory and that you avoid separation from him. A father's concern. That's the gospel. Jacob said, I want to have news about those boys I know they lie to me from time to time. I know that they hate you, Joseph. I I can see it with my own eyes, but I'm concerned about them. And I'm sending you to bring me word. A father's concern. The second thing I want to say about this passage that we read, a father's rejection. A father's rejection. Now, though the father had a love and a concern for these men, they did not have a love and a concern for their father. Look at what they said. But they saw him, that is Joseph, in a distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devour him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams you see by hating Joseph they were indirectly hating their father by despising Joseph they were despising their father by rejecting Joseph they were actually rejecting their father because Joseph was an extension of the father Joseph was loved by the father. And by saying this, they were actually turning around and hating and rejecting the father himself. You know, there's been a movement that's been around for some years now that's trying to bring Islam and Christianity together. I've been to call it Chrislam. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. Bring Christianity and Islam together. I have a neighbor and he's a Muslim, his son's an imam, and I couldn't wish for a better neighbour than Habib that I got next door. Habib is a great neighbour, we know one of his children, I know his grandchildren, buy them gifts, I've got a really lovely neighbour next door to my house, a Muslim guy called Habib. 
We talk about everything, near enough. But one thing I won't talk to him about, I won't talk to him about Jesus Christ. Do you know why? Because he rejects that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He rejects that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rejects that Jesus Christ rose again on the third day. He rejects Jesus. So no matter what he thinks about God, the fact is, if you reject the Son, you reject the living God himself. It's not what you do about God, it's what do you do about Jesus? And here's a question for you. What are you doing about Jesus? That's what counts. You see, I'm reminded of a parable Jesus told. And Jesus told a story, and this story was a, a story of a farmer who planted a vineyard. And he rented it out to some tenants. And then he went away. Many months went by and, and he sent a servant over to collect fruit from that vineyard that he owned. And the tenants saw the servant and they mistreated him and kicked him out. So the owner of the vineyard sent another servant to the vineyard to get some more fruit. And they saw that one and they beat him up and they treated him shamefully and they threw him out. And so the owner thought to himself, I said, what should I do? And we read these words. He said this. Then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I will send my son, whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they took the matter over. This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him. And inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Now the parable ends with what will the owner do? What would he do? The Bible tells us, Jesus tells us in the parable what the owner will do. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants. Question is, we live in a world today, my dear friends, who have rejected Jesus Christ. We live in a world today that you can put on a TV program and they will say there's no swearing in this program, it's good for children. And then you will hear the name Jesus Christ all the way through that program. We live in a generation and a time when Jesus Christ is rejected. And I want to tell you, if you reject the Son, you're rejecting the Father. A Father's rejection. Let's move on to the third point here, father's disgrace. Now I need to mention this because we read here that one of the brothers tried to rescue Joseph. So we read these words. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. Now, I need to mention this. It seems really great that Reuben here um, was trying to rescue Joseph. And, 
And, and, and Reuben, Reuben is the firstborn son of Joseph, of Jacob, sorry. Reuben is the firstborn son of Jacob. Now, some of you are aware of the firstborn was a big deal in the Middle East. Even today, in our culture, the firstborn child in your family is probably the, has more responsibility than the other kids. Maybe you are a firstborn son or daughter in your family, and you know that more responsibility was laid upon you than your younger siblings. And, Joseph, and, and, and Reuben tried to rescue Joseph, but his efforts often go unnoticed. And the reason why they are forgotten is this. Reuben did something that was so shameful. It's even shameful to mention it in the pulpit. Reuben did something so disgraceful that even young children, I'm glad I haven't got any younger children because in the house, because it's so disgraceful, can't even preach upon it. What did Reuben do? The Bible tells us that Reuben went in and slept with one of his father's wives. Look what it says. While Israel was living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine or wife, Bilah, and Israel heard of it. Again, in Genesis 49, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power, turbulent as the waters. You will no longer excel, for you went up onto your father's bed, onto my couch, and defiled it. Reuben slept with two of his brother's mother. That's how disgraceful he acted. Now, I mention this because of these words. You will no longer excel. You see, sin has a way of ruining your life. Sin has a way of destroying your life. You might play around with it thinking it's okay, it's fun, but sin has a way of completely and totally destroying you. Reuben had the privilege of being a firstborn, but because of sin in his life, he will no longer excel. He's forgotten about. Because what he did was totally and utterly disgraceful. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says this. The wages of sin. The Bible says. Yes, sin can ruin your life here and now. There's people, because of unfaithfulness to their wives or to their husbands, have lost their children. It's ruined their lives. There's people, women who be drinking alcohol and taking drugs and their children got taken away from them. And social services moved in and sin has ruined that family. There's men who touch children inappropriately and end up in prison. And the children have a lifetime of misery and of memory that destroys their lives. Sin has a way of ruining people's lives. But also, sin has a way of bringing you into a place called hell. The wages of sin 
is death. It's not talking about physical death because you can live just as long as anyone else and do what you like. But when you die, you will die and be separated from God for all eternity. That is the death that verse is talking about. The wages of sin, my dear friends, the Bible says, is death. Reuben, Reuben, what you did was disgraceful. Reuben, what you did was sinful and wicked. Reuben, what you went into and and done to your father's wife is totally unacceptable. You will no longer excel. But you know, God had a plan. I praise God had a plan, he realized. And God's plan went away from Reuben. And God's plan went to one of the other brothers. God's plan went to Judah. I mention this because Judah, now from Judah, you follow the line down from Judah and you'll find that Jesus Christ was from the line of Judah. You follow Judah and you will hear and you will read the Bible that Jesus is known as the lion, the, 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 the lion from the tribe of Judah. And when you read Genesis, you see that Jesus was predicted, even in Genesis. Look at what Jacob said. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants, until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. There's one coming, my dear friends. Oh, Reuben, you will no longer excel. What you did was sinful, but God had a plan. And from Judah, one will come. So far in the Bible, it's in Genesis, but it's speaking about the New Testament. And it's saying that one will come whom all nations will honor. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Everybody will say that Jesus Christ is Lord. My dear friends, are you honouring him today? Are you honouring Christ this morning? Because all the way in Revelation, God had a plan. Judah sinned. Sorry, Reuben sinned. But Judah, from your line, I'm going to raise up my Christ. Praise be to God. Let's close this message with my fourth and final point here. A father's loss. Well, we've read that these men, they they had that plan. They saw Joseph coming. And the brothers um, decided that even though Joseph was coming in peace, he was coming to find out that they were okay. But instead they set upon him. The Bible reads, so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe the ornate robe he was wearing. And it gets even worse for Joseph. They take him and they throw him down an empty cistern and leave him there. And these boys, after they threw him down there, they sat down and they opened up their their fish and chips and their, their salad and their meal and they sat down and having dinner and in that hole was their brother. But it gets even worse for poor Joseph. 
We read, so that when the Midian merchant came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. I want you to think what was going through Joseph's mind. I want you to think that when the brothers came to pull him out, maybe Josie was thinking, oh, at last, that food smells so nice up there. At last, there's water coming my way. At last, my brother's going to be kind to me and take me out. But they pulled him out. And do you think that Josie was silent when they began to tie him up? Do you think Josie was silent when they began to throw him in the back of a cage? He wasn't silent. Look what the Bible says. They said to one another, this is the brothers speaking now, they said to one another, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life, but we would not listen. Can you imagine what Josie was going through? He was distressed. A young 17-year-old pleading with his brothers, please, guys, don't do this. Don't take me away from my father. Please, I beg you, have mercy on me. And it wasn't just a short time. This man, young Joseph, must have been begging and pleading all the way down the road. But his brothers had no mercy. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Now these band of ungodly men have a situation on their hands. They need to go back to their father and tell their father what went on. And so they concocted a plan. And we read this plan. They got Joseph robe. They slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, we found this, examine it. To see whether it is your son's robe. They have been deceiving their father for many years. But this must be the height of all deceit. And Jacob's loss was deep. Do you read what his father said and saw what his father he recognized it and said, it is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal had devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. And then he goes on to say, then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. What great sorrow. You know, the Bible tells me that when Jesus died on that cross, the whole area was blackened out. Look what the Bible says. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Now we often speak about the curtain torn in two. 
But the Bible says that darkness covered the whole of the area. The same sort of darkness that covered the area was the darkness that happened in Exodus when darkness covered one of the plague. Here we have darkness covered the whole cross. In the middle of the day, darkness covered. I'll tell you why. Because God himself could not look at the torment and the agony of his son. He hid it from everybody. Because Jesus Christ, when he died on that cross, my dear friends, it wasn't no ordinary crucifixion. No, when he died, God himself separated himself from his son. Your sin and mine was laid upon him. And it broke God's heart. You see Jacob weeping and crying over his son. His son wasn't even dead. It's over in Egypt somewhere. But God's son, Jesus Christ, was shed. His blood was shed and he died for men and women like you and I. My dear friends, what are you going to do with Jesus? That's the question. Because here we have a young man called Joseph. His father loved him so much that he sent him over to his other sons, but he loved them as well. But when he did not return, Joseph was completely broken. Jesus Christ is sent for you and for me. He died so that you will not have to die. He took the punishment for sin so that you will not have to take the punishment for sin. Praise be to God for Jesus Christ. This is my desire to honour you. All I have within me, I give you praise. If you don't know Christ this morning, may your heart be softened. If you're walking the wrong way, may you turn this morning and walk the right way. And if you love Jesus, may your love for him grow. May your appreciation for him deepen. And may you say, Jesus, not only are you my saviour, but Jesus, you are my Lord. And I give you praise. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you with all my heart. Lord, I thank you. But even in the Old Testament, I see the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even in the Old Testament, I see what you have done so many years ago. Foreshadowing and telling us what will happen in the years to come. My prayer is, oh God, that you will change this church and make us a church that truly, sincerely, wholeheartedly lay hold of your son. And I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.